The Thieves Guild has sponsored today's podcast. The Thieves Guild is your number one destination for the procurement of robbers, burglars, housebreakers, shoplifters, pickpockets, muggers, larcenists, pilferers, poachers, embezzlers, swindlers, crooks, cutpurses, footpads and lurchers. Just head down to the Clothmakers Guild and ask for a pebble-down mattress, wink twice and answer fiddle-me-dee when they ask you your name. But don't tell them I sent you. I owe them money. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, hello, hello and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk I as always am Russ aka Morris or Morris aka Russ and with me as always is Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers Russ, thanks for having me back. Hey, I was chastised in Discord the other day. Good. Apparently last week, <laughs> yes. I exceeded my allotted number of hellos. Oh, well, <laughs> obviously you'll have to pay the hello tax. I now, I now have to fit in a lot of forms in triplicates. <laughs> Only triplicate. Pa, got off lightly. Right then, let's do some news. Yes, let's. Okay. Ooh, yes, right. No. Werewolf the Apocalypse. Werewolf the Apocalypse. Fifth edition. Woo! He's been announced by Hunters Entertainment. Hunters Entertainment? Yeah, so they did okay. things like... Uh, That's not Onyx Path. Uh, no, no. It's, yeah. uh, they did Kids on Bikes, if you remember that. I'm aware of it. That was the one which was an 80s movie role-playing game. Sort of, sort of, yeah. yeah. And there's an Altered Carbon they did, which is based on the books that the TV show is based on. Yes, by Rich Morgan, yeah. Yeah, uh, so they uh, are now mm-hmm. going to be producing yeah. the Werewolf the Apocalypse 5th edition. Mm. And there's a trailer. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer? I've not seen the trailer. Do you want to see the trailer? Uh, I've never seen a trailer for an, for an RPG before, so yeah, go on there. Have Let's have a look. Yeah. Um, Surprisingly not modifious. Yeah. I thought it was supposed to be a role-playing game. Hmm, yeah, yeah, I don't quite understand how that works. A role-playing game, the modifius isn't using. Oh, yes, yes, that. Mm-hmm. That's the fact, like, yeah, well, just the subject matter. It's like, yeah. Yes, because they're doing vampires, so. Everything's a bit rubbish, and the world is getting polluted horribly. It's like, well, yeah, it's not nice. Well, maybe it's, like, not supposed to be escapist. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. this is coming out in 2021. Yep. And... Uh, Let's have a look. What do they say about it? Um, it's going to share a lot of similarities mechanically with Vampire the Masquerade. Okay. But it will sense. also have elements that make it unique. It's presumably the werewolf bits. I guess so, yes. Yes. On account of the fact that they're werewolves and they're not vampires. vampires. Yes. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's not a lot of information to go by yet. Basically, there's that little teaser trailer, a little it, press announcement which doesn't say yeah. much, and that's it, really. So it's basically, it's like vampire, but with werewolves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not against it. It's pretty solid. I've never. I'm not personally excited because I've never actually played a game of werewolf. I haven't. No, I've played. I've played vampire, but not werewolf. Um, hey, it's that time of year again. Ooh, uh, what? Christmas. Not that time of year. It is almost Christmas. Yeah, uh, not that time of year though. Okay, cold winter. Uh, it's that, but not that time of year. Um, December. <laughs> it is also <laughs> that, but not that time of year. Would you like to give a hand over us? <laughs> Do you remember this time of the year last year? <gasps> is it time for the annual podcast awards? It is! The best podcasts. Yes! Yes, which which nobody has nominated us for. Yet. 
Shit. So, it's time pretty, to... Pretty please. Yes, it's time to nominate your favourite RPG podcast of 2019. Yay! Uh, just like last year, um, yes. you follow the link, go yes. to the thread on um, EAN World, yes. and you have to post um, the name of the podcast you're nominating, yes. a link to the podcast, right. so that I don't have to try and find it, because sometimes they're really uh, hard to find. Right. Um, especially if, like, the name of the podcast and the producers don't match or... You know, yeah, yeah. So you know, be specific about what the podcast is yes. and where it is. Right. Um, so if you haven't already re- already registered on the Ian World website, I guess that's pretty easy to do. Yeah. And then there's a link from the show notes. Or yes, you can search be, yeah, for yeah. Ian World Podcasts of the yeah, Year. Yeah, we'll stick a link in the show notes. So last year, do you remember who won last year? I'm struggling, I'll be honest. <laughs> it was the good friends of Jackson Elias. Yes, that's the... Cthulhu one. Yes, yes, that's right. And the Adventure Zone for actual play. Ah, yes, yes, yes. They won last year. So they, they, um, they sort of entered the Hall of Fame now. Mm, mm. Um, so they're not eligible this year. Oh. Just to give room to new blood. So, yes. you know, every, every, if, if you win, um, you can't go in it again. Okay. It's the rule. Yes. Um, so there's two categories. There's talk and actual play. Right. If anyone would like to nominate us for talk, that would be nice because there's been a couple of hundred nominations so far and uh, nice. we haven't got one yet in our own poll. It's mildly embarrassing. Oh. <laughs> oh, sadness. Please. <laughs> please. <laughs> um, they must have released at least three new episodes in 2019. I think we cleared that boundary. Yeah. yeah. The main focus must be tabletop RPGs. Uh, yeah, I think we can do that. Must not be your own podcast, which is why we can't nominate it ourselves. True, I was like, oh, I'll nominate this. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> uh, must include a link to the podcast webpage, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, podcasts only, please. Not Twitch streams, videos, TV shows, YouTube channels, and stuff like that. Even though those things are awesome, that's not what this is for. Uh, we're just asking. Put morris.podbean.com in that thread. <laughs> we'll do we, the rest. We only need one <laughs> nomination. There's, yeah. there's some, you, you can sort of see in the, in the, in the thread where, yeah. obviously, some podcasters put out a call for nominations. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll get, like, 13 or 14 people yeah. sequentially all nominating that one. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not. I don't think we're actually expecting to win. But it would be nice to be nominated. Yes, yes. <laughs> it would be nice. Like, if we might get nominated, then we might talk about winning. But, yes. yeah. Uh, it's a, but but who who who? How does the uh, poll? How do the polls get judged? So basically, uh, uh, the nominations end next Tuesday. Yes. Uh, at which point I go in there and I list every podcast that's been nominated. Yes. They just get one nomination whether they've been mentioned thirteen times or one time. Yep. Um, I list them all in a big poll. Yes. And the poll goes on for a week or yep. so, and then we announce it in our podcast nice. who the winners are. Yes. And then I do an article about a month later in sort of mid-January. Fantastic. And we'll probably do an episode on that. Yes. Yeah, that that's good. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, yeah, if you, like, I mean, if you want to mention your favourite podcasts and us, I'm sure we're your favourite podcast, but we're sort of a unique one. <laughs> you know, the only RPG news. We're the best. <laughs> we're the best and RPG only. news. We should, I should do a separate category for news. <laughs> But we'd won that, and then that would be it. There'd be, there'd be nothing to play for us. Oh, there must be other ones. There must be. There must be. It seems impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Um, like, because we'd quite like to listen to our RPG news as well, because mm. obviously we're interested. And then we could just copy their news and not have to go. That's how fresh the listeners, right? <laughs> oh, it's just like being a DM. Yeah, you, you uh, always end up running the things that you want to play. Yeah. Uh, You're yeah. right. Another trader. Mm-hmm. New D and D video game. Yet another D and D video game. Another D and D video game. Another one. They keep it's like, like buses, like, mate. I know. I know. Wait like, for ages. Three turn up at yeah, once. I know. Yeah. Right. So this one. So we've is... got Philaster, Baldur's Gate three, 
And what's this new one? There was another was one. There, there, was, there was another one last week, wasn't there? What was the other one? I don't remember. There was another one. What was the other one? Uh, I remember saying something about Baldur's Gate. Oh, no, it was a new Pathfinder one. That's what it was. That's right. Okay, yeah. well, that's not technically in D. Ow. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, all right. And, uh, and uh, this one is Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance. Oh, okay, yes. Oh, right. So, yes. I must have seen that online somewhere. Have you seen the trailer? I haven't seen the trailer. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I have to say, this is... Go on, like, I'm never going to play this game. I mean... Is it, is I'll, I'll, show you the tra- I'll show you the trailer. You uh, can uh, well, you I, can decide for yourself whether you like the. I, 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 I'm sure we shouldn't watch it and mock it. That'd be mean. You're more of a you're more of a video game player than I am, so you might you might like it more than me. Yeah. But okay, no, <laughs> containing inappropriate content. Okay, so oh wow, oh. <laughs> motion sickness already. Oh dear God. Okay, it's like <laughs> it's like you've got a GoPro cam, <laughs> and you're watching people having. A fight. The heavy metal soundtracks in it. No favors. Terrible, terrible video. Oh, game now we're upside down. I don't understand. I don't understand it. I don't know what's happening. Oh, this. this <laughs> why are they? Sorry, I'm just finding the point of view very weird. So I'm guessing it looks like um, it'll be like a what's it? Uh, uh not Rat Storm. Left 4 Dead 2 had a clone, mm. which was Skaven something. Uh-oh. A Warhammer 40. Basically, it's had one in the Warhammer 40k world. Mm. They clearly looked at it and said, you know what we need? We need one for Dungeons and Dragons as well. Uh, I guess so. Uh, first person melee on a computer game. I'm sure that that's going to be fantastic if you like that sort of thing. Personally, I find it very hard to relate to. Well, I've got some ti- a tiny snippet of information about it, but not much. A tiny snippet. So this trailer premiered at the Game Awards. Right. Which uh, were basically really, really early, about 3 a.m. this morning. Right. Time. Okay. Um, uh, this is developed by 2Q Games. Oh, yes. Which yes. is the game studio that Wizard of the Coast purchased yes. earlier this year. Yes. Uh, it's a sequel of sorts to Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. I don't know if you've played that. I no, haven't. never. Okay. Uh, and uh, this game goes to Icewind Dale. Yes. And it features four player co op. Yes. As you take on the roles yes. of Drizzta Urden, Catty Bree, oh, Wolfgar, yep. and Bruna. Bruna! Yeah. And it's set for release in 2020. For 2020? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a reskin of Left 4 Dead. Wow. Yeah. And, like, yeah. All right. And, yeah, so you'll just have tons of. What are they fighting? Orcs? Furbolg? Who knows? Yeah, who cares? Who cares? No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're being, we're being me. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be an absolutely serviceable game. Um, I'm sure it will, but I'll never find out. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, fair. <laughs> well, I don't know who who doesn't enjoy racing around casting firebolt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, st- sticking with video gamey type things. Yeah, just circle straight around the goblins and uh, keep the fireballs going. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'd be great. I'm sure we'll be tracking that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. Things, yeah. yeah, it's gonna be really good. Whoop. So, Starfinder on Alexa. Do not mention her name. <laughs> oh, she's just lit up as well. I didn't catch that. <laughs> We're not talking about you. Please don't hurt us. <laughs> Okay, I'll just be over here when you need me. She's still blue. Don't say anything. All right, she's turned off now. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't hurt us. <laughs> oh, well, I'll just be over here. Yeah, that's, okay. Yeah, that's, that's, a, th- that's a threat, not a... <laughs> yeah. 
So, so this is something you paid money to have inside <laughs> your house. Yeah, like I, I remember people who used to be scared of having their homes wiretapped. <laughs> well, anyway. No, using the A word. Uh, so, uh, this Starfinder Alexis. No! <laughs> Do not invoke her name! <laughs> was... Right, stop. Okay. okay. This Starfinder skill for a generic AI device. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which yeah. they're calling the future of voice gaming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, so it looks like choose your own adventure, as far yes. as I can make out. Okay, yeah. Um, I, it's basically this press release just dropped in my inbox. Okay, you got like a little, um, what do you call that, a tablet or something? Yeah, that's one of the Alexa, I forgot what they're called, views, Alexa something. Some of them are screens, some don't. Okay, yeah. Um, my ones are just the normal ones okay yeah uh, so here we go so this is going to be a free pilot episode on December the 16th yep uh, and it ele- ooh, ooh, you said her name again she will transport you to an yeah. action pa- it's really bad when you're creeping around just trying not to say the name of do not mention her name <laughs> Candyman candy- the, no, the dark no. lord is listening <laughs> so um, the, the AI device will transport you to yeah, an action pack. on his throne of fire <laughs> Uh, we'll transport you to an action-packed science fiction experience. The Starfinder skill guides players to an interactive adventure Mm -hmm. filled with professional voice actors, exciting sound effects, music, and multiple story paths based on their in-game decisions. Free pilot episode available exclusively to ALEXA users on December Uh, the 16th. uh, 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 I fooled you. You didn't know how to spell your own name. Uh, Okay. That actually sounds quite... Interesting. Yeah, well, the premiere adventure is called Starfinder Scoundrels in the Spike. i got to say, I'm more interested in that than I am in the uh, Dark Alliance thing. Oh, yeah, me too. I, I think yeah. probably because this offers some uh, actual story and role-playing. Not, I'm saying if one won't. Mm. I'll give it a try. So yeah. that, that's the 60, when's that? Monday? Yeah. Yeah, Monday. I'll give it a try on Monday. Yeah. See, see what it's like? Hmm. What's the worst that can happen? What, on Friday the 13th? No, that's Monday the 16th. Today's Friday the 13th. Oh, is it? You're asking what's worse that can happen. Oh, God. Right, what else have we got in the news? Don't mind them. So, One Bookshelf, who's yes. the parent company of Drive Through RPG. Yes. Um, they banned a publisher the other day. Ah, get that. Shut the front door. Mm. Uh, so, the publisher is called Transfeelinism. Called what? Transfeelinism. Transfeelingism. Feel, like felineism, I think. Oh, transfeelinism, maybe. Transfeelinism. I don't know. Yeah, feline, felon, felonism, felonism. I don't yeah. know. Okay, so transfelonism. Yeah. And wow, they, what have they done? Well, they so created awful. a micro RPG called Police Procedure. Right. And it was a hack yes. of lasers and feelings. Okay. And it was about pre- police brutality yes. by putting the players in the shoes of overly authoritarian police officers. I'm going to go back to the world of the apocalypse thing. It seems a bit Well, these too... guys are, to, yeah. to be fair, it's a satire and yes. they're kind of anti-police. This is, yes. a, this is a commentary on... So, okay, that makes know, sense. They're not, yeah. they're not advocating that behaviour in any way. No, no. Okay. However, um, the uh, game got loads and loads of reports. Right. Uh, People reporting a satirical game about police brutality. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and drive through RPG, and all, the, all drive through RPG staff was at yeah. PAX Unplugged. Okay. So all these reports come in and yes. drive RPG's sort of procedures will sort of suspend the title temporarily until yep. they can look at it. Right. So they're not banning anyone. They're not no. saying you can't do it. They're just saying, right, we've got a lot of reports. We're just going to suspend it for a couple of days yep. and we'll look at it as fast as we can and get this sorted out. Yeah. And, you know, 
that seems reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so that so that's what happened. At this point, right, transfeminism, transfeminism, trans them the publishers. Um, yeah. They claimed in a blog post they had been censored. Okay. I posted a screenshot of the publisher's information page, right. so it looked like Drive Through RPG had written this. Okay, uh, and it said this publisher has been banned by moderators for hate speech against an oppressed minority, the police. However, Drive Through RPG did not write that. Ah. What happened was Transfeminism edited their publisher information page on Drive Through RPG uh, okay. to just show that. And make yeah. it look like Drive Through RPG had banned them. You know what? I think I vaguely recall something about this, but okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, and so um, Drive Through RPG banned them. Then, then they banned them. I said, look, if you're going to act like that, well, yeah. we, don't, we don't want to do business with you. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, I gotta say, that seems kind of fair. Yeah. So you know, they, the reason they got banned was nothing to do with the product itself. Yes, it was just uh, the product got slandering s- drive through RPG on their own platform. Uh, libel, but yes, uh, yeah, try try not to libel the people who are distributing you. That seems like a poor plan. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. There's uh, two Reddit users. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, they have quite you like you like um, character sheets, don't you? I do. I like well-designed character sheets. Do you like people with dyslexia? Uh, well, I'm related to several. So yes, then. I didn't say that. <laughs> what you say? You don't like people with dyslexia. Tell me more about. Is that what you're trying to say on the podcast? <laughs> oh, like people with dyslexia in general are fine. <laughs> so, uh, uh, two Reddit users, uh, yeah. Inayasha Rules, yes. and Axel One Two Three. Okay. Uh, they released a D and D Five E character sheet. Yes. Specifically designed for people with dyslexia. That sounds really good. It does. I'm just going to queue it up and let you look at it. Here it is. Oh. So it's lots of big, bold shapes and... Well, yeah, it's like designed for people who get have difficulty processing written information. Mm. Um, so speed yes. is in a big arrow pointing to the right. And, yeah, uh, that, well, basically, uh, hit yeah. Hit points is in a big heart and all this sort of stuff. Our class is still in a shield, which is fine. But current HP being in a big heart is a good shout. I don't know why hit die is represented by toilet paper. <laughs> It's a roll of toilet paper there, isn't it? I, I don't no- know why it's in that. I hadn't noticed that, but they, now I'm not going to unnotice it. They've had their reasons. Hello, your editor, Terrell here, and I wanted to just point out real quick that uh, it is not p- toilet paper for hit dice. It's actually a roll of bandages. It, easy to confuse on the sheet, though. I, I couldn't understand. I presume that must be inspiration, which is a little flame up there. I guess so, yeah. I yeah. guess so. Initiative oh, is, okay. a, is a star with an exclamation mark on it. Yeah, yeah, when uh, things are going sideways. Temporary hit points is a potion bottle. No, it does make sense. Uh, so we've got strength, dexterity, con, intelligence. And each of those has a little icon. Yes, a little heart for a, constitution. Yeah, a little bicep for strength. Um, the hand for dexterity, that seems to be staying soft. But yeah, it's it's not too bad. Intelligence has got brain. Wisdom's got an eye, which I approve of. Charisma is a mouth. Uh, oh, oh, this is nice. As you see what they've got here, they've also got like a coloured version as well. Mm. And it matches the um, attributes to the saving throws and the skills, which they're derived yeah, that's from. That's a clever idea. No, it's uh, very good. That's uh, very much in line with stuff. Let's have a look at spells. Is there anything with spells? Okay, they've added slots total and slots expended. And they've all... Oh, yes. And something they've also done, which I quite like, is they've changed the font. Um, I don't know if you noticed that. No, I hadn't. No, you see, because uh, like the normal D and D font isn't particularly friendly, mm. so there are some fonts which are better dyslexic people. Fair enough. Yeah, and this this is very clear, and yeah, 
Yeah, they've done all of it. Oh, there you go. Another last little stretch there. At the bottom of the equipment, they have attunement slots. Ah. Because uh, you can only have three. They've got the uh, passive wisdom perception, which is good, because as opposed to passive perception, which is what it's called, but it is technically an attribute check. Uh, no, this yeah. is... So people with dyslexia, or or kids as well, yeah. might, find, might find that easy to use too. Oh, forget the kids, mate. Um, I'll be <laughs> using this for my new players. Harsh. Well, oh, yeah, I don't do a lot of gaming with kids, but I do um, a fair amount of gaming with people who are new to the game. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, we'll yeah. use this. I think it's good. I think it's great. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I, yeah, I like it as a character sheet as well. Yeah, yeah. Apart from, the, apart from its mm-hmm. usefulness, in yeah. that sense, yeah. <clears throat> it's... Yeah, it's not uh, it's not game breaking. Uh, it has a GM. I will still know where stuff it is, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, it's a, a nice balance. So well, well done to uh, those two Reddit users. Yeah. Very well done. All right. Mm. Do you want to know about some kickstarters? Will I ever? Okay then. Let's see what kickstarters we have this week. Yeah. Okay then. Yeah. Whipping through them quickly. We have got Gouders Gazetteer. Gouders Gazetteer. Gouders Gazetteer. So oh, finally, nice. the expansion. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it's kind of like... It says it's a major expansion to 5e for advanced players and GMs. Oh, so yeah. it's got new classes, races, monsters, oh. new game elements, um, mechanics, yeah, yeah. Uh, monster templates, environmental templates, archetypes, ancestries, feats, spells. So it's like a an Arthurkana kind of book, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I who's it? Who's it from? This is from Zipperon Disney. Zipperon Disney. Zipperon Disney. Well, that's obviously a name that inspires confidence in me because of all their previous work doing... What, Disney? Is Mr. It, Disney. It's Mr. Disney. I don't know. I don't know who this is. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, Zipper, Zipperon Disney is the name of, of, of the company or person. Right. Okay. So, and how much are they charging? Uh, $30, for which you get the PDF and the book, plus another PDF. And it closes on Friday, December the 20th, which is next week. Okay, yeah. So, um, I mean, we don't... The, the, the problem with, like, bringing new stuff in is you've got to playtest it, and mm. more people have got playtesting well, well, it. Well, they have playtested it. I've got no reason to think they haven't. Well, well yeah, but there's playtesting, and there's, like, getting a sufficient number of people. Like, the Ian World stuff, blah, like the Masterclass Codex. Yeah. Um, I regard that as being fairly trustworthy, because it's been through Ian... Five Ida or Insider. Yeah, Insider. <laughs> Insider ma- magazine if you're going to pronounce it in some weird fashion because like that's another five. No, it's but, a backward S. <laughs> it yes, looks yes. a bit like a five. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's not backward S actually. No, it's a right way round S. What am I talking about? Five is yeah. Yeah, it's an S. It in the shape like of a five. five. Yes. Uh, yes. Mm. Um well, let's not get caught up in semi-offsets. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, then, then you've got, like, um, a established readership of... Um, I don't know, how many people would you say read uh, this webzine? What, what, what webzine would that be? <laughs> in five either. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got um, 1,100 patrons at the moment. Okay. Give or take. Yeah. It fluctuates every month. It goes up and down all the time. But, um, but yeah, about, about 1,100. But it seems likely that of a user base that size, you're probably going to get some good feedback. Oh, so, yeah, we get loads, yeah, we get loads and, of so feedback. So Wizards of the Coast is regarded as the gold standard because you get, like, a couple of hundred thousand geeks going and playing with the stuff and then giving feedback. Mm. Whereas, like, you know, smaller publishers presumably have less size things. But, you know, there's, if it's just me and my mates, then that's not going to be the sort of comprehensive... You only need a certain number, though. You don't necessarily need a couple of hundred thousand people. Mm. Like, a couple of hundred people 
will give you just as statistically useful information. Okay, yeah. But there's a, there's a point where additional people don't really help, I think. Oh, well, that's fair enough. It just adds to your, you know... Yeah, I, I, like, like I say, there's overkill in some cases, but like, you, know, you, you want to be sure that the game designers have got the best information. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it seems... Seems nice. I mean, there might be some good ideas worth nicking in there. Yeah. My next one is yes. Captain Hartchild's Guide to Oceanic Depths. That's amazing. I I already want to buy this book. I think you can probably guess what it is from the name too. Well, I'm hoping, <laughs> hoping uh, it, it's probably going to be like some sort of supplement for Five E cashing in on the Mariner stream, and it's going to be about this Captain Hartchild who's going to be like saying, "What do you find on the bottom of the ocean floor?" Mm. and how many tentacles and hit points do you have? It's, uh, it's a recipe book for uh, Italian food. Oh, okay. Extra squid. <laughs> no, it's exactly, it's exactly what you just said it was. Hey. Yeah. See, so that's a solid Kickstarter name. Extensive aquatic supplement for 5e. Nice, nice. Oh, this is good. I like that's these. Yeah. I, I would never use them, but I kind of want them to just to have kanji dice. Oh, okay. Oh. So kanji obviously is... Yeah, that's the the, the, the the written language of um, Japan. Yeah, but isn't I think they also use the same number system as uh, China. I don't know because that, that kanji is all the borrowed characters. Because mm. you've got what's it, katakana and hiragana. Yeah, yeah, and two different scripts for that. Because why keep things simple? Yeah, why? Yeah. Why? Why would they do that? Mind you, I speak English, so it's like. They're just like standard dice. They're kind of crystal and see through with red kanji. They do look super nice. Yeah. So. Yep. Just want to see where they're located. Mm-hmm. Now they're in the US. Oh. But, um, here we go. Uh, so they, they are used for numbers both in Japanese and Chinese. Yes. Standard size resin cast dice set with gold flakes. Yeah, oh, quite nice. Uh, it's a it's a lovely like they've got proper red color. Yeah, that's those are nice yeah. dice. And uh, uh, yeah, it could be a way to uh, learn numbers one to ten. Oh, it's well and truly fun. I'm actually going to back these right now. Actually, where are we? Uh, $17 for one set. It's quite a lot for a set of dice. Not as much as the Wizard of the Coast dice. $300. (laughs) Oh, crikey. They went on sale yesterday. I have no idea whether they sold out or not because there's absolutely zero chance I was going to buy one. (laughs) Oh, this is the one with the, uh, what's it, the Gem Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. Like a sapphire in there. That's right. $300. Okay. Shipping, $17. Shipping with charge on top of your order after Kickstarter. Concludes fees include VAT taxes, import fees, custom fees, and duties are not included. Okay, so, um, I'm going to back it now. Oh, there we go. See, that's how much he likes the dice. Uh, they I are. do like them. I think they're they nice. are absolutely stunning. I'm mean, not. I'm not a particular dice collector type. No. Um, so, how best to describe them? So, it's like they've got sort of uh, floating flecks of gold in uh, the clear plastic. Which, you know, looks pretty, pretty sweet. And they've also got um, inscribed on them in a very rich crimson red. Numbers. Good tweet. One to whatever. Tweet, I just backed. There we go. And I've tweeted that too. Aw. So it's like real time podcasting. This is, this is such a dangerous thing for our wallets doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kickstarter, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, they look nice. Anyway, next. Yes. Next. Yes. Ooh, oh, there's more dice. More dice. Damn it. Yes. Mistborn metal dice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know if I like... I might even like them even more now. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, they're not, they're not numbers, though. They're, oh, yeah, they're specific dice for the Mistborn adventure game. Oh, okay. 20 solid metal dice. Wow. They do look nice. Yeah. 
And of course, if you whack him in a sock, doubles as an offensive weapon. Yeah. <laughs> the most popular pledge is $200 for 20 unique Mistborn metal dice, a collector's tin, one dice tray, and a dice tower. For $200? Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, Kisata. Kisata. 5e RPG setting of Damned Souls and Dark Horrors. Hmm. Did we not do that the other week? Um, or maybe it was just announced. So. Yeah. Don't know. It sounds familiar, but yeah. Maybe. So what's it? Dark Souls, the uh, fifth edge conversion. Uh, Damned Souls and Dark Horrors. Okay, yeah. Uh, a world of danger and horror where you yes. face chaos, insanity, and damnation, as well as deadly enemies and frightening monsters. Okay. Um, the netherworld realms of Kisata are ruled by unholy and terrifying beings and inhabited by the souls of the dead. Ooh. Campaign setting, D&D 5th edition. Okay. So, I don't know. Ah, cool, cool. There is a, kick, a, quick, a, a, a quick start. Okay. Which you can try free at drive through RPG. Oh, okay. Yeah, that might this be is by cool. an Italian company. Ah, okay. Maybe it's bigger over there or something. Mm. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah. yeah. Magic Items Unchained, a deck of 60 magic item cards for 5e. Oh, okay. Right. Um, um, Australian, why they, this one. Why are they unchained? Uh, because they'd be really, really wouldn't be very useful. If they're all chained up. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, Technic- I, technically, all pretty much all RPG accessories are unchanged, really. Yeah, I, I mean, I did, I did try using um, a magic great axe that was all chained to a rock as a barbarian, but I had to roll all my attacks at disadvantage. It's like, <laughs> what even is the point? It does not make sense, does it? No, no. no. Ooh, twas, twas, the twas. role-playing game before Christmas. Ooh, that is something. Hmm. Who's that by? Uh, this is by Jonathan Green. Oh, that name rings bells. It's got a note there. Yes. You know Egg does the co- this column that I'm getting these from. Yes, yes. It says, I asked Morris, since he's in the UK, if he'd ever heard of Christmas Holiday. The he Christmas Holiday. He asked me if Christmas Holiday worked at TSR and if he was the guy that wrote the classic... I don't remember this conversation. Ah, fake news. I, be- I believe it happened, but I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of Christmas Holiday? Does he work at TSR? <laughs> Uh, that, that might be some sort of subtle jive that perhaps maybe you should occasionally take the foot off the gas. <laughs> yeah, take some time off, mate. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, this is a rules like RPG <coughs> designed to be picked up and played with minimal preparation. Yes. Inspired the legends and literature of Christmas. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, yeah, <coughs> you play the role of various toys brought to life by Santa Claus so that they might save him from Krampus, the Christmas devil. My voice is gradually going throughout that sentence. <laughs> oh, your favourite trend? Mm-hmm. Retro-punk. Ah, retro-punk. A cyberpunk Good. tabletop Brief. role-playing game. But retro. But retro. Modern and old-school cyberpunk tabletop game design. Right. Uh, you embody characters in a futuristic hybrid reality. The digital and the physical have merged. You nice. navigate your daily life in something beyond augmented reality by way of a neurochip implanted at birth. Sounds grim. Sounds lovely. Yeah. Do you um, not want a neurochip implanted then? Since birth seems kind of a weird thing to do, I'll be honest. But anyway. Well, I could do it now for you. Oh, that's kind of you. Uh, maybe I've later. Some, I've got some kitchen implements. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? Just go uh, through the ear, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we've got some Vicks paper <laughs> over there. Yeah. Pish bosh. Drop down there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I don't like to be an early adopter about these things. Um, okay, uh, and who's that Who's that produced by? That Victor, was by Sam Joku, Joko Publishing in Canada. 
Oh. And it costs 33 Canadian dollars for the PDF and print copy of the core rulebook. Exciting. Right then, that is that. So is that. It's November 2019. I'm here with veteran journalist Sparky McSparkerson, who has just published an article with some breathtaking revelations. Yes, sir. This caught me completely by surprise as I breathlessly report in the first line of the article. I'm still recovering from the shock of it. It sounds exciting. Can you share with our listeners what this brand new revelation is? Well, it's a radical expose about the way contemporary culture is changing in ways completely unexpected. It sounds like quite the bombshell. You must be quite excited. Oh, yes, indeed. I must say, I don't think people will look at geek culture in the same way again after this surprising finding. I can't wait. So, Mr. McSparkerson, can you share exclusively with us the title of your revolutionary discovery? Absolutely. This article is entitled, It's Cool Now. Why Barrows and Bear Owls is casting its spell again. It covers an astonishing resurgence of that 1970s bastion of nerds, Barrows and Bear Owls. Unbelievable, isn't it? Um... It's absolutely incredible. Nobody's going to believe this. And you say you're surprised by this new information? Oh, it took me completely unawares, mate. Blew my socks off, I can tell you. And were you surprised about it when you published the article Barrows and Bear Owls, Craters and Celebrity Players Explain Its Recent Surge in Popularity back in October? Well, um, it's quite staggering, don't you think? Well, how staggering was it when you wrote In a Chaotic World, Barrows and Bear Owls is Resurgent earlier this month? I suppose quite staggering. I mean, I have some people from the publisher who have exclusively revealed that this year is the best year that B&B has ever had. Didn't they reveal exactly that in your article, No More Nerds, How Barrows and Bear Owls Finally Became Cool, back in July? Um, yes, but I talked to celebrity player Jim Nathan, who explains the modern appeal of tabletop role-playing to the youth of today. But didn't you talk to celebrity player Don Wiesel about his love for B&B back in the article, Why the Cool Kids Are Playing Barrows and Bear Owls in April? I think you're missing the point. This is completely surprising. Well, I can I can understand it being surprising once, but I'm curious about how you've managed to be surprised by it 17 times so far this year. But it's so surprising. Did you know that some of the current growth in the game can be attributed to the TV show Stranger Things? Well, given that you've mentioned it in seven articles this year, including July's Barrows and Bear Owls Cool, Stranger Things Have Happened, yes, yes, I did know that. I don't think you're fully appreciating the complete surprise that this is to me. What about April's How Barrows and Bear Owls Somehow Became More Popular Than Ever? Uh, and July's How Stranger Things and Hollywood fans are taking Barrows and Bear Owls out of the basement and into the mainstream. Or even last month's How Barrows and Bear Owls Still Dominates. Did you not touch that I've spoken to some average gamers to find out why the game's so popular now? Yeah, yeah, you also did that in Barrows and Bear Owls Turn Strangers Into Friends and How Barrows and Bear Owls Is Breaking Into Mainstream Culture. Look, I don't really see what it is that you're getting at. It's just that I'm confused about how you can breathlessly report that you're surprised by the same thing every two weeks. I'm a busy guy. Next week I have an article about how shocked I am to discover that people like ice cream... <gasps> And after that is a bombshell expose on the general wetness of water. This very topic has been covered by the New York Times, 
the London Times, the BBC, the Guardian, the Washington Post, and even local papers like the Liverpool Echo and the Oxford Observer and the Chicago Daily Herald. The only surprising thing about all this is how surprised you manage to constantly be. Surprised? What? Short attention span? Oh, a screw! Did you know, right, in space, nobody can hear you sing. That's how the saying goes, isn't it? Yes, That's the tagline, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. In space, nobody can hear you sing. Well, unless you have access to a radio. I've just spotted a complete flaw in the entire premise of Alien, and Mm -hmm. we have to do something else now. We can't can't talk about this game now. It Uh, just doesn't work. Fair enough. (laughs) You've ruined it. You've dispelled the illusion. It's gone. Well... Here's the choice. We can either talk about Alien and potentially Mothership, or I can do a 45-minute rant on the uh, state of British politics. Oh, God. <laughs> Choose wisely. <laughs> let's, let's do Alien, shall we? I think that's best. It's very nice, this book. It is. I really like how pretty it is. I like this map on the inside. That is a good map. I always like maps. Yes. I like space maps the best. They're my favourite maps. Yes, we, we should probably say what it is we're actually covering. I feel... This well, it will say so on the title of the podcast. It does say so. But you know, we actually talk about Aliens role-playing game, which is by Free League. Mm, a um, Swedish company. Yes, yes. Uh, whose previous efforts include, what, Kids on Bikes? No. No, that's different people. No. <laughs> Tales from the Loop. Tales from the Loop. Oh, yeah. nice. You said Kids on Bikes like five minutes ago. <laughs> no, Kids on Bikes is a different company. Okay. Definitely a different topic we were discussing. Fair enough. <laughs> they're, so the ones, they're the ones producing Werewolf. Makes no sense. Yeah, sure, why not? Okay, so... <laughs> Um, so what else have Free League produced? They've done Tales from the Loop, you just said? Free League. Or Free Elegant. Forbidden Lands. Tales from the Loop. Mutant Year, Year Zero. Oh, okay. Simba Room. Yes. The alien RPG, obviously. Yep. I've actually played two of those. Well, there you go. I haven't played Mutant Year Zero, but it seems very popular. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tales from the Loop is the thing that I mainly knew them for. Yes, yes, I that, because of the amazing, fantastic artwork. Mm. Um, and they seem to be keeping up on that, just looking at this inside cover, mm. which is what, a star gorgeous, map? Gorgeous star map. So you've got the core systems in the middle, mm-hmm. then you've got the outer veil, yep. followed by the outer rim territories, yep. followed by, I guess this is kind of like the frontier, I guess, on the, on the edge. Russ, I think we're in danger of getting something very important. What's that? Well, we've got this book here, this physical copy. Mm. So we should... Give the listeners the stuff that they're all tuned there's, in for. There's one problem with that plan. <laughs> oh, no. It doesn't eat your scales. Well, no, it's just that he's between us and the scales. <laughs> <laughs> this is what everyone's here for. The excitement is mounting. The excitement is mounting. So, I mean, we've got... it. It's like a really satisfying it is, weight to it. Book, yeah. yeah, it's... Oh, crikey. Uh, we do this in grams or pounds? We do it in grams or we do it in ounces. So it's like, what, 393 pages? Would you yeah. Say? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I counted the pages earlier. Yeah, that's how many pages there. If only there was some handy way of quickly determining how many pages a book had. Like, I don't know, maybe like numbers that they could just like put on the... Oh my God, they have. That would be genius. Wow. Idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's... I mean, I counted all those pages for nothing. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Perhaps you should have spent it polishing the script. <laughs> oh, 1.724 kilos. Wow. That is it. That is chunky, isn't it? That, that's heavy, I think. Yeah. That's, that's heavy. Yeah. Let's switch it over to pounds. Yes. Uh, boop. 
Okay. Ooh, there we go. Oh, crikey. We're, we're really in baby territory here. Yeah. Uh, Three pounds and 12 ounces. Yes. Nearly four pounds. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's some good going. So that's, mm. yeah. That's oh, a good yeah. D6 damage there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do not want that landing on your head. No. It yeah. is quite heavy. Holding it, it is quite heavy. It's definitely a satisfying feel to it. Yeah. It's black. Yes. With green. Yes. And white. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> it is actually licensed. It is. Very <laughs> alien, alien, uh, alien looking. Yes. Um, yeah, it's got that HR Geiger vibe to yeah. it. So inside cover, nice yeah. big map. Yeah. Very nice. And then, so, um, I mean, how do you want to do this? Um, so um, I've, I've read it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, talk me through it. Okay. So, let's start. So, uh, it's the, the, the way it's set up is you can play one of three types of characters. Well, three types of characters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think they'll be releasing sort of more campaign models later, but at the moment, mm-hmm. yeah. Space truckers. Yes. Colonial marines. Yes. Or colonists. Right. And I assume if you're colonists, that's probably the worst one to be. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it's pronounced alien child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's three basic campaign models it does. Yes. But also there's two modes it runs in. It runs oh. in campaign mode, yes, and then it runs in cinematic mode. Ah, I see. So you can have games where you will be able to come back to session, and games where it's like, yeah, yeah, so cinematic <laughs> mode designed for one session, just yes. like an alien film or something. Yep. Don't expect to survive. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's the really nice one. It's like the the campaign mode, you won't won't necessarily be meeting like aliens every week and stuff like that. No, you're just adventuring in the universe. Okay, so it's a bit like uh, just rather the worlds of 2000 AD in that you can play through has different styles of people. You wouldn't yeah, have a mixed yeah. party. So you I could, think the space truckers looks the most fun to me. I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of I'm sort of looking at Colonial Marines and thinking, ooh. I, I, I kind of feel like Colonial Marines is all good, is going to be very similar though after after a while. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I don't know. I played Death Watch so. I really enjoyed that. So it was like they were shopping and they were shooting. Mm. I didn't really feel the need to do much else. I I had a great time. So characters, they're like Ghostbusters RPG characters. Oh, okay. Uh, Because Ghostbusters RPG characters have four stats. They have brains, they have cool, they have brawn, and they have moves. And this is the, what, 1983... Role-playing game from Western Games? Three, four, six, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Early 80s. This has four stats. Right. And their four stats are... Yes. Strength. Yes. Agility. Yes. Wits. Yes. And empathy. Okay. So basically... That sounds quite similar. Yeah. So so brawn, moves, uh, brains, and cool. I see. So they've got the same four stats with <laughs> <three> different names. <laughs> I, don't, I, I see DNA from very. I, I, I'm not super familiar with their system, but I can see the DNA of various things in this. But 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 surely the core mechanic is different. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, it is, but no, it isn't. But but yeah, it, it is. is. But actually, no. <laughs> so each of these has a score from one to five. <laughs> yes. And that's how many d6s you roll. Right. Just like in uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. But also, you add to it a skill, which yes. also can be from one to five. Yes. So basically, you're going to be rolling between two and ten dice for any given check. Okay. And you succeed. This is where it differs. Um, you succeed if you just roll one six. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. So success, you just need one six. Yeah. And then oh. the more sixes you get, you do stunts. Oh, I'm just completely failing to remember the name of the chap who really likes D6 dice ball systems. Well, it's me. 
There's you, obviously. Um, chap who did the Spartan Gambit. What do you mean, did the Spartan Gambit? He, he, yeah, yeah. Or Darren Pierce. Yes, that's it. Darren yeah. Pierce really likes the D6 Dice Balls. Oh, well. okay. So, as I'm sure Darren's listening, I'm, he'll be like 100% all over this. <laughs> most probably, most yeah. probably. Yeah. So, it's, it's quite, it's, it's a pretty simple Ooh. system. So, basically, you, you get your dice, yes. add your skill and your attribute, Yes. roll it, you get a six, or yes. you, get, you get these special dice, actually. Oh. So the sixes have a little crosshair thing. Oh. Rather than a, so you get that. Okay. Just need one. Yes. You've succeeded. Yes. If you get more than one, yes. each one lets you do an additional stunt. Okay. And then with each skill, it's got a list of sort of certain stunts that you might be able to pull off while doing it. Like if it's a combat one, yep. you might knock someone down. Okay. Or, you know. So it's, it's like a low... Okay, yeah, yeah. I see how this works, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, basically, it's a pretty simple thing. So the, the, yeah. the clever bit, though, yes. and this is the bit that everyone's talking about, and I, oh, yes. I like this, is the stress mechanic. The stress mechanic. So you roll your dice. Yes. You haven't, you haven't got any sixes. Yes. Or you haven't got as many as you'd like. Yes. You can choose to push that roll. Right. And that means you take all the dice that aren't sixes. Yes. And you roll them again. Nice. Which is nice. And then yeah. you get to benefit from an, an extra chance of getting some sixes. Oh, that seems which very generous. Which is nice. But that increases your stress level by one. You're saying there's a drawback. Yeah. Oh. So your stress level goes up. Yes. And every time you make a check, your yes. stress level is the number of alien dice you've also got to add. Alien dice. So these are basically exactly the same, but on the ones, they've got a picture of an alien. Right. And if you roll any of those, yes. you have to make a panic check. And some, yeah. you could end up dropping stuff. You could end up running yeah. away in fear. You could all sorts of stuff could happen that depending sounds, on how bad your panic check is. That sounds like a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, that's basically it. So you mm. could the more you push stuff, yes, the more. more chance there is later on that you're going to fail a stress check, a, a panic check. Yes, and uh, well, get get a get a panic and check and then fail it. End up panicking horribly and yeah, uh, yeah. be pursued by aliens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, so basically when you make a panic check then, you roll a D6, you add your stress level, and yep. at the lower end ah. it will be, you tremble slightly. Oh, ah. nice. And at the high end, it will be like you go into a catatonic state. Yes. And in between you've got things like you'll drop something, or mm. you'll get confused and you attack a team member, or mm. you run like away a, in fear. It sounds like the combat section of XCOM where it's like, you know, things are going wonderfully until somebody catches it and everyone yeah. starts panicking. Yeah. So it's a train reaction of they're all like cowering, hiding, running away, shooting at you, shooting at things. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's quite... What I've heard, I haven't actually played it, I've only read it. Yes. What I've heard of people who have played it, yes. the stress mechanic really, really works really well. Mm. Because the, not just the characters, the players get stressed. Nah. As well. <laughs> so it, and that, that's when you know it's working. Yeah. And players are, you know, really tense. And oh, well, it definitely makes a change from uh, Call of Cthulhu, where it's like, oh, great, yeah, and a couple of sound points. That's when I played Call of Cthulhu, I was seeing how quickly I could train my son. <laughs> <laughs> just out of, you know bloody mindedness or something because uh, you're a terrible player you say <laughs> <laughs> you're just being that guy yeah it's okay yeah uh. so basically you got <laughs> <laughs> basically you got the three campaign modes yes but um, you got a number of ca- uh, character archetypes you choose from Ooh, well, okay. there aren't that many of them but there's some so they are colonial marine yep you know what one of those is yep a colonial marshal. I presume some sort of law enforcement officer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we got a company agent. Ooh. Which is old Burke from the from the movies. Yeah. Bad hat. Got kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we got medic. Uh-huh. 
We got officer. Okay. Uh, got, presumably ship's officer or you got a gentleman. No, not really. I lied there. Okay. We have officer, we have pilot. Yes. We have roughneck. Yep. And we have scientist. Okay. And um, you just choose each of those and they give you certain abilities and certain traits and things like that. So like in a colonial marine campaign, yeah, which so just pick, play... Or, or pick one. Which one interests you the most? I don't know. How would I play a kid in a kid, colonial marine campaign? I'm intrigued. So first of all, yes. just in case you're confused, they yes. give you a picture of a kid. Oh, yes. That's what a kid is. Yeah, that, that, yeah? That, that looks like a kid. Okay. Just in I, case they're, they're normally less holdy. Oh, no, that's actually not a bloody knife. That's a... There's a lightsaber, I think. What is that? It's a glow stick for us. Oh, okay. It looks looks like a lightsaber. Ah, uh, bless your heart. <laughs> yeah, um, wrong game. Yeah. Uh, so, his hands. Uh, Aliens key attribute be, is agility. Aliens would be a lot more fun if she had lightsabers. <laughs> uh, yes. Key skills, mobility, yes. survival, and observation. Nice. Yeah. Career talents. Yep. Beneath Notice, yep. Dodge, and Nimble. Okay. Some typical names. Yeah. Chip Harrington, Hugo Turner, Maggie Moo, Maggie Rebecca Woo. David. Oh, no. And then some sort of, these, <laughs> these big boxes here. Okay, yeah. Uh, your personal agenda, choose from the options below. Or, these yeah. are just sort of hints. Okay, yeah. So appearance, choose from the options below or decide for yourself. You could be mm-hmm. grubby and unkempt. Yeah. You can have a bored expression, ponytail, whatever, you know. Yeah. It's just, they're just ideas, really. Scraggly beard. Yeah. Probably not. Oh, that's pretty, and that's that's, oh. that's the entire thing. Then next page, oh. that's it. And then next page, you've got back. So, but but how does that fit within the theme of the? Because yes, colonist, I can understand. Mm. Um, and what was and what's the other one? Colonial Marines, and I think you had Teamsters or something. We had Company Agent. We had yeah. Colonial Marshal. Yeah. We had Colonial Marine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So look at the Colonial Marine there. Key attribute strength, key skills: close combat, stamina, range combat, career yeah. talents, banter, overkill, past the limit. Ah, there's no such thing as overkill. Yes. There's only open fire and reload. Signature item. Yes. Choose one of the following. Or come up with one for yourself. A bullet that you survived. Ooh. A lost friend's dog tags. A oh. trophy from a defeated enemy. Oh. An alien skull that you wear as a hat. Yeah. Yeah. But make so sure you claim it first. It is, is, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. fairly simple. And then mm-hmm. these are all the skills. Yeah. So these are some of the ideas of the uh, stunts, for example. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the skills, like the heavy machinery skill. Mm-hmm. So you roll your, D, you say you've got four d6 or something. Yes. You roll your four d6s and you get three sixes somehow. Really good roll. Woohoo! Um, that gives you a success and two stunts. Ooh. So you choose two of those. Okay. So one is you do it quickly in half the time it would normally take. Sweet. Um, the last one is you show off. Okay. Nice. <laughs> That's uh, important. This, this is, you got this. You don't need to roll to overcome the exact same challenge in the future. Nice. Oh, yeah. And every skill has a list of those that you choose from the mm. different sort of stunts. That, yeah. Like, uh, let's have a look. Uh, ranged combat. Yeah. Uh, you inflict one more point of damage, or yep. you pin down your enemy, mm-hmm. or you position yourself and get to exchange your initiative score. Yep. Your target drops a weapon, your target falls to the ground. Yeah. Those sort of things. Um, yeah. Hmm. I'm always a bit minute about games with pilots in, because... You sort of have to specifically put in stuff to make pilots. Yeah, happen. yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we can go on to the Starship Combat bit in a minute if you like. But oh, Starship Combat. Yeah, I was oh. just going to mention because it just mentioned yes. an initiative there as well. There's oh, yeah, an yeah. interesting initiative system as well. Oh yeah. yeah. So you, there's a bunch of cards. Yes. With numbers from like one to ten on. Right. Everyone takes a card. Yep. And that's the order they're going. And then okay. monsters and stuff that have more than one action because they're really fast. Yes. Sometimes might have more than one card. Yes. So they might go twice in the round. Nice. At those initiative times. Okay. Like an alien might have two or three. 
Oh. Like a xenomorph might have two or three, so he might be going on an initiative, <laughs> you know, one, seven, and nine or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, it's very simple. So, like a layer action in D&D, but different. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. But there's some things that allow you to exchange your initiative with other players. Ooh. Do you, is it secret what initiatives people have, or do you see them all? Uh, I think you see them, yeah, yeah, because okay. you've got, you got to be able to exchange them with people. Yeah. So you can you can sort of like change your tactics a little bit from round to round and just say, look, can we, can we swap well, initiative? Because it's better if I go earlier and well, you go a bit later. Yes, yes. Then you take your turn to flee, flee, <laughs> run away, <laughs> run away, run away. Yes. From, from the aliens. Yeah. Uh, right, so then we got uh, Combat and Panic. Yes. Well, I've mentioned the panic already. Yes. But uh, we've got an example of the panic table somewhere. Yes, let me find the panic table for you. Yes. Combat and panic. Where yes. are you? Panic table. Yeah. Uh, actions, close combat, grappling, ranged combat, <laughs> damage, critical injuries. There's a D66 critical injury table. Marvelous. Broken arms, bleeding gut, crushed skull, broken toes, impaled heart. Eek. Yeah. The uh, higher the higher the roll, the worse it is. Busted kidney. You got some permanent mental traumas. Permanent mental traumas there, yes. Stress yeah. and panic. Here we go. That's what you're after. So yeah. panic or so it's D6. Yes. Plus your stress level. All right. Uh, if you have seven or more, something something happens. One okay. to six, nothing happens. Okay. So the lowest thing is what? one to six. Keep you keep it together. Yeah. Fine. Number seven. Yeah. Uh, nervous twitch. Where? Your stress level and the stress level of all friendly PCs in short range of you increases by one. Fair enough, because you're so twitchy. Hmm. Yeah. Then eight is tremble. Ooh. Nine is drop item. Ooh. Ten is freeze. Eek. Eleven is seek cover. Twelve is scream. Ah. Thirteen is flee. Runaway. Fourteen is berserk. Eek. And fifteen plus is catatonic. Right. So. And it, this builds slowly throughout the game every time you push. And certain situations can also increase your stress as well. Right, yeah, yeah. It looks really, really clever. I think I might adapt to that and use that in one of my games, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, have to steal that, I think. You can essentially take a short rest. Mm-hmm. They don't call it that, but yeah. Right. You could basically take a five to ten minute rest in yeah. a safe area to reduce your stress level by one point. Oh, that's you. Have a quick fag bake. Yes, basically. Yeah. Uh, what else do we want? Hazards. Radiation, drowning, vehicle combat. Mm-hmm. We've got. Uh, how do the vehicles look like handling? Um, well, they've. It's interesting, they've only got like a couple of vehicles and a couple of starships, well, like a small handful of them, and it's basically yeah. the ones that you saw in the films. It's not mm-hmm. like they expand the universe with a whole load of, whole load of other stuff. Well, I'm sure they could if they wanted to. Yeah, yeah I guess so, yeah. yeah. But it's, 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 uh, they, they've got to go. fit everything in. So we've got that tractor thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they were in, in the first Alien film, was it? Yeah, no, the second, so. or was it? No, no it was the uh, family that went out in Hadley's Hope. Okay, went yeah. out. And, yeah, it was that family had that. Mm-hmm. Then we got their car thing that they had in Alien Two. Yep, yep. Armored car, armored personnel carrier, mm-hmm. and then the dropship. Yep, the Cheyenne and dropship, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's basically it for the vehicles. Yeah, I mean, but how does how do you interact with them? Does it seem clear or? I haven't actually properly read that bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do not know. Well, uh, it's like, it, it's the always, answer to that question is, I do not know. Yeah, I think that's just one of the problems that keeps recurring in modern games. It's technology when you have something like that. It's it's just a bit more fiddly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I find even mounts in fantasy games can be fiddly. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Let alone, uh, let alone vehicles. I, I'm... Yeah, it's something I'm trying to fiddle around with with Fifth Ed to see if I can 
Well, a lot of the make, time in these games, it's the, the vehicles just they just provide a plot. Yeah. Thing, don't they? Rather than and they, it's sort of like you've got a pilot archetype. It should be something really something cool that then. they could do, and they could do cool stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, there's the starship combat, and I think that's probably where they come in. Yeah, that's the starship fine. combat. I was looking at it earlier. Yeah. yeah. So let me. This is. I'm just looking through here, and there's an awful lot of information all about um religion, the universe. law enforcement. So there's lot, lots of uh, detail about the alien universe. Yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, all all that stuff comes from the whole lot because it's got all that stuff from Prometheus mm-hmm. and. All that stuff about the engineers and mm-hmm. the Wayland Utani TED talk back in yeah. two thousand and one or whenever it was. <laughs> yeah. Back when it was Mike from Neighbours. <laughs> you remember him? <laughs> oh, good grief. Yeah. When they're old. So yeah. we've got a couple of spaceships here, look. <laughs> and um, yeah. it looks like spaceships is not so much a building system where you can build ships. Yeah. But you can take a ship and you can modify it a bit. Okay. And they've got a handful of them. Yeah. Basically. There's the Nostromo type, a bison mm-hmm. type ship. Yeah. And we got big old mile long freighter in space. Yeah. Yeah. And then presumably somewhere we will have Palm Tactics. Yeah. The Sulaco, which is the frigate mm-hmm. from the uh, second one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, it's not, it's not a great big array of ships and stuff. Oh, yeah. Again, presumably you can homebrew stuff, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, see, so there's a space combat. You can panic in space combat as well, and it's got a separate chart for that. Nice. It's, it's kind of similar, but, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I guess you'd be fighting other humans in space? Yeah, well, I suppose if you like space truckers, you could run into some, I don't know, bad it's, marines. Or well, the whole universe parts. is set into, like, these different um, political divisions as well. There's okay. the American one. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what they were called, United Americas or something. Yeah, yeah. And that's who the colonial marines are uh, employed by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's one that's um, the UK and Japan joined together. Oh, okay, yeah. And I think... I guess that'd be Wayland Yutani's. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Wayland Yutani's yeah. big there. And, oh, nice. Uh, and, there's, and, and there's others. There's, a, yeah. there's another one, I can't remember the other one offhand. <laughs> but it's kind of, you know, splits the, splits, splits the galaxy up into three kind of major mm. powers. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, all good, yeah. NPCs, information about NPCs. Yeah. Governments, corporations. There you go, that's the flag of the... It's called the Three World Empire. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, the British Wayland Corporation, the Japanese Yutani Corporation. Uh-huh. And the three worlds are Earth, Mars, and Titan, the first three worlds to be inhabited by humanity. Okay. And the flag is like a triangle Union Jack. Yeah. Sort yeah, it's, of. It's like a Union Jack that's been sort of distorted into a triangle shape. Yeah. 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 And then we got uh, the United Americas there, look. Yeah, the United Americas. And then we got, oh, and the Union of Progressive Peoples, which I'm going to guess from that flag is definitely a bit Russian. Ah, I would say more Chinese. Chinese. Well, it's basically a Chinese flag, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Uh, Except instead of like... China and Russia, there we go, we're both right. The UPP is formed by China and Russia. Okay. Um, It's pretty much based in that 80s. like rather than having the big star of the four little stars of the Chinese flag, mm-hmm. which were all supposed to represent the four little stars representing different uh, sort of organisations within, yeah, uh, that one has like a big central star with like I don't know about twenty going around the outside, which I presume represent planets and so forth. Mm. Yeah, Ooh, yeah Chinese some... Chinese colonial marines is that something you play as? Oh, I'm intrigued. Maybe an expansion. Yeah. yeah. We've got a whole section on different companies. Yes. A section on systems and planets. Yep. 
It goes through, you know, the soul sector and the new Eden sector and the core systems mm-hmm. and the uh, the uh, SK three three seven system and uh, you know, basically each each system has a page. Mm-hmm. Fiori sixteen. Yep. Is that where the oh, Alien three was? Well, no, that's where Flavor Town is. That's where what was? Flavor Town. You said it was Fiori sixteen. Sorry, I have no idea what you're talking about. It it. it it's not a role-playing joke, I'm sorry. Uh, I was making a joke about Guy Fieri, who like takes people to Flavortown. He's a celebrity chef, but you've never heard of him. I have never heard of him. Wow. Right. I've never yeah. heard of chefs either. I don't know what a chef is. Oh, okay. Or a celebrity. It's like a cook. <laughs> like a cook, <laughs> but better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With a different hat. Oh, yeah, it's very yeah. different. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. Uh, Fury 16 is, is yes. the one where... Uh, Alien 3 was that? Crash landed. Mm. Yes. Nice. Uh, well, uh, what else have we got? You know, we've got more, 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 yeah, I more mean, systems. You're about three quarters of the way through the book. And lots of still systems. Going. Now, I'm paging through star systems at the moment. And yeah. We need to read each one of those. Yeah, the frontier. Uh, there are very many of them. Yeah. It's, many, many star systems. If you like lore, they do seem to have you covered. Ooh, LV426, that would be the, yes. uh, the Nostromo one, wouldn't it? The original one. Mm-hmm. Alien one. Yep. Yeah. It looks like a lovely place. A nice yes. holiday destination. Yes. Yeah. I would definitely go there on holiday. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Achilles G435, Achilles 2.4, a xenomorph hive world. It is overrun with the creatures. Ooh, do not want to go there. Yeah. Wow. So it's just alien. There's no alien versus predator in here. There's no predator in here at all. Right. Then okay. we've got alien species here. Yes. Now we're talking about the aliens and they're nasty. They can, yes. they can really mess you up quite easily. Yes. <laughs> so they've got all the different types. Yeah. Got, uh, this is all about the engineers here. Yes. Lots uh, of different types of engineers. Big elephant-looking fella from the original thing. And then we've got the xenomorphs themselves. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they're fast. They're tough. They can do criticals to you without having to score criticals. Um, they're exactly what you would expect from them. Yeah. And then they've got them started out in their neomorph stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the neophyte stage. Yeah. And the adult neomorph and the xenomorph XX121. I suppose that must be a one after people have filled around with it or something. I think that's a standard one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the standard. standard oh, right. And stage one is an egg. Yeah. Stage two is a facehugger. Ooh, facehugger attacks. Yeah. Skittering menace. Tail lash. Yeah. Tail gravel. Face gravel. The final embrace. Ah, yeah. Uh, chest burster. Stage Ooh. three. Mm-hmm. That would ruin your day completely. Yep. Chest burster attacks. Uh-huh. Escape. Nice illustration on the other side. Leg slash and throat bite. Yep. And we got uh, stage four, which is the stalkers, scouts, and drones. Uh-huh. And then we got stage five, soldiers, workers, and sentries. Nicey, yep. And then we got praetorians, crushers, and queens. Stage six. That, that's getting progressively worse. It was it was pretty bad at around about stage two. It gets worse. Yeah. Stage oh. seven. Yes. There is a stage seven. Blimey. And beyond. And beyond, it says. Okay. Yeah. That does sound quite, quite scary. Not everything is known. Uh, it's been suggested that a queen will continue to grow as a hive does, uh-huh. reaching Tyrannosaurus Rex proportions Yeep. in Empress and Queen Mother stages that rule over several queens and several hives. Okay. Nasty. Yes. Hey, guess what the GM is called in this? 
Mm. What would the GM be called? Mm. The Hive Master. Good, good call, but no. Um, the Stalker. No, that's just kind of creepy. <laughs> well, it's, the vibe, it's the vibe we've got going on. What's the DM called? The Game Mother. Hmm. Well, the ships, computers, are all called Mother, aren't they? In Alien. Oh, okay. Right. So, uh, quite clever, that, I thought. Uh, so you're a Game Mother. Right, right. So it's your, the ship's computer. Yes. And we've got a few other, a few other monsters. We've got a Swarm yeah. and a Harvester and Lion Worms. Yep. And we have Tanakan Scorpionids. Yeah. That's it. Four monsters. Okay. Okay. And then lots of information about campaign play. And at the end, there's an adventure, <gasps> which is set at Hadley's Hope. And yes. it's just the last fall of Hadley's Hope. So it's before mm-hmm. the alien, uh, the colonial marines turn up in Aliens. Right. And it's the last, basically the last days of the colonists. Right. So I assume it doesn't work out well. Yeah. So it would in fact be before the events of Alien as well, wouldn't it? Because no. they went to Hadley's Hope. Oh, no, that was a different place. No, they they... set 50 years before. Ah, yeah. Why did they go to that place then? It was a distress signal, I thought. In the first one? Yeah, yeah. 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 Or did they get a message to go there, or was it a distress signal? No, the first one, it was a distress signal. Yes. The second one... But who was sending the distress signal? Was it not colonists? It was an engineer ship. Oh, okay. So they picked up... Oh, okay. So did they know it was a distress signal? Oh, never mind. Yeah, because they went in there and they find saw the giant engineer in there and yeah. the eggs, didn't they? Yeah. Like, oh, oh, this is weird. That face of us. Yes. And it all went downhill from there. Yes. yes. It all went downhill from the face of us. Yes. And that, my friend, yes. is Aliens. Is that Alien. Yes. It's very nice. Yeah. I like it. I'd like to play it. Yeah. Um, it smells weird. Smell it. Oh, yes. It's a weird smell, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's really quite an interesting product to hold as well, because it's like... How would you, how would you, you do printing and publishing stuff. Yeah. How would you describe this book? It's like hardback. I would hardback. describe it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, book, yeah. Well, it's hardback, uh, but yeah, it's like the, the surface is like, it's, um, it's not a glossy finish. It's more of a matte it's, finish. It's definitely a matte finish. Yeah, you're yes. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's but, no, uh, it's there's quite, no embossing, is there? No. No, no it's just no. a matte finish. Yeah, but it sort, sort of looks embossed. It looks... Yeah. yeah, yeah, the art looks a bit embossed, but no, it's not. No, I mean, maybe. There's a special edition, I think, maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. that one is. Mm. Oh. So, uh, Alien, the role-playing game, um, that's like a big thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, I oh. like it a lot. I haven't played it, but I've read it, and I like what I've read. Yeah, that's And right. what I've heard is it plays very well. So the, the big question, I guess, is how much does it cost? Uh, current, remember, I paid 40 quid at Dragon Meat, yep. so I'm guessing 39.99. Something in that region. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And there's um, also dice and there's yes. a GM screen and stuff. There's okay, so it's like stuff. a full role-playing game experience. Yeah, yeah. I picked up the book. But. Fully licensed and uh, everything. So, yeah. yeah. How else would you run an alien role-playing game? Uh, well, what other options? Well, there's yeah. plenty of other options. Yes. There's the original alien role-playing game. Oh. Which wasn't great. So probably not then. Back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> did it, it was in the 80s, I can't remember when it was, but it yeah. wasn't great anyway. Yeah. Uh, there po- is... Poss- possibly early 90s. There's The Fall of yeah. Somerset Landing. What's all his new... Um, oh, yes, yes. Source book. Uh, okay. A Loving Tribute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's uh, the game that you brought up earlier, Mothership. Yes, yes. I haven't delved into that, but that is pay what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, maybe at some point, when we've had a chance to look at it, we can uh, do a review of that. All right. That's an OSR thing, is it? It is mentioned on those pages. Okay. So, yes. I don't know if it's full OSR or something. Right. All we right. should sign off, really, shouldn't we? we so should. next week, 
Next week. Next week, yes. assuming all goes to plan, yes. we have got Keith Baker, <gasps> creator of Eberron, <gasps> coming on, <gasps> and we'll talk about the new Eberron book. Yes. And the creation of Eberron. Yeah. Absolutely. That'd be fantastic. Get your questions in now, listeners. I've met him once before, very briefly, in a hotel in Indianapolis. Yes. Where we came over to say hello yes. for about five minutes. Aww. And that's uh, the only the only meeting that I've had with him. But he seemed really, really, really nice then. Absolutely. And from that, you formed a massive bond. Uh, if you say so. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a creature appearing on the podcast. So they're our very best friends. All right, that counts. All right, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Uh, I suppose if you don't turn up, we can talk about Mothership RPG. <laughs> All that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's plan B. Yeah, that's plan B. That's um, yeah, so that's it for this week. Yes. Alien out. Woo. In space. No one can hear you bake a cake. It's true. No one can hear you uh, play golf and spill. I don't think that's true. You sure? No, I think people can hear you do that. If you use the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to say goodbye at this point. So it's goodbye for me, Russ. That's goodbye for me, Peter Coffee from the Southampton Guild Robbers. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.